This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Let's get into the game last night yep. and uh, kudos to Pete DeBoer pushing the right buttons um, because, you know, we're highly critical of coaches at times and we have to give them stick taps when they do the right thing. Um, this load management uh, thing, uh, you know, last night's a perfect example. I would have liked to seen Jake Ottinger uh, come off what happened in Colorado and really shut things down last night. Scott Wedgwood gets the call as part of the load management and Scott Wedgwood gets the job done, played really, really well. The other thing is switching the lineups and, you know, not an easy thing to do when you have the household names of Robertson, Pavelski uh, and Hintz, um, who were named the number one line in hockey last year. And they moved Jamie Ben up. They moved Jason Robertson uh, with Wyatt Johnston and Dodonoff, And it seemed to pay dividends as uh, Jamie Ben. Uh, got rid of his scoring slump and that line looked really good. And he kept the other line together of uh, Marchment, uh, Sagan and Duchesne. So pushing the right buttons, Pete DeBoer. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's more of an indictment. Honestly, like it's, it's a definitely a credit to DeBoer of, of having the willingness to mess around with the Pavelski, uh, Pavelski hints, Robertson line. And it's also kind of one of those spaces where I would have liked to see like that, that top line clicked and I'm sure you and David talked about it last night about how yep. that line clicked and everything like that. But I think it's also an important conversation for the long-term impact on forcing Jason Robertson to start driving his own line again with Pavelski and Hintz this season. Um, and they're a great trio. I think we've seen a little bit of complacency in Jason Robertson's game at five on five. We've seen him kind of rely more on Pavelski and Hintz when he needs to be the man. He needs to be that guy who scored 109 points last year. He needs to be the guy driving a line and driving production. And I think, and even though last night he had no points or anything, he, only, he didn't have any points last night. He had zero shots on goal. I don't, obviously I don't like that but I would keep him on this line for Wednesday night. I would keep him with that group on Wednesday night to kind of keep working the message of we need him. You need him to take a step to drive his own line. You need him to drive with Johnston and Dodonov. You need them to, you need Robertson to kind of take it upon himself. I'm going to be the offensive catalyst for these guys. I know what these two guys are going to do. We know Johnston's going to go to the net. We know he's going to stop and start. Well, we know Dadanov's going to be good in transition. Robertson needs to be the focal point finisher on that. And I think it's a great opportunity to time to kind of get him going. Um, and it didn't happen last night, but I still think you keep it. You, you keep this grouping or trio together for Wednesday to uh, try to get your, 
hundred point scorer back on track for what he was last year, just kind of mentality wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple other things that I, you know, I think we talked about on the podcast that we were looking for that victory against a playoff slash cup contender. Didn't happen against Colorado. Um, thought they played well in the first half, obviously just bad in the second half. I did like Pete DeBoer's comments where he focused on the positive after that game and uh, fell behind early two to nothing. So showed resilience that you can come back. And that is the Rangers first loss in regulation since October 19th. And oh yeah, you went against the top goalie and Igor Shesterkin. So mm -hmm. to put up four on Shesterkin, I thought was impressive. Um, I thought they drove the net really, really well after kind of a slow start, but we're kind of used to those slow starts, Sean. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, mm -hmm. granted New York was down a couple of players, but we were down, you know, we were down Harley. So, um, you know, it happens. It's, it's the NHL after two games. Are you seeing anything or should we wait till after the Vegas game? Um, it's funny. Someone asked me last week in the mailbag over at my site of what I thought we would see from this stretch. And I said, one, one, and one. So it was the, <laughs> we're on, we're, we're, we're on, on track. track. We're yep. on track for the, uh, big win loss. And, uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, obviously a big chance to make it two and one against Vegas. I, this was, this was kind of the bounce back you needed rarely when you play big games like, the great thing about this stretch for me is no matter what happened in the Colorado game, the game against the Rangers was going to be a statement type game. It was either going to be a build-up game or a bounce back game. And this was the type of bounce back you need you needed to see. Uh, I think from a coaching perspective, I liked the willingness to mess around with some things and think about why you lost and how you can fix things. And I also I also liked the um, I still, I just like the mentality the stars had about this game too. Um, we'll still, we'll still have a greater list of ideas and, and what's working and what's not for this team after Wednesday against Vegas, just because that is still the class that you want to be registered against. But this was against a Rangers team that has been really good this year as one of the best goalies in the NHL. I think you, you, you can't be disappointed even if, and that's, it's, it's, it's a, it's a good win. And I, I like the way they, they finished it out too. I mean, it's the, I know it's, you can say it's, it was a six, three final, right. But really this was a, um, this was really a, this was really like, this really felt more like a five, two game, honestly, Yeah, six, three. I mean, the Goudreau goal with like 15 seconds left is really whatever. And I know the scars, the stars scored two empty net goals, but this game is really more of a five, two finish. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I did want to ask you, I, I talked to David about this. Um, and I think I would have been critical of DeBoer if he had done this four minutes left down by two Rangers, second power play in the NHL. And they go on the power play, like I said, four minutes left, and they pull Shosturkin. And to me, I think I would have allowed that power play to try to, you know, score one before I pulled the goalie because I, I know that time was running down. But I just, I looked actually, my dad was watching the game with me, and I said, this game's over because I just feel like, you know, it just gives 
the short hand, I mean, granted, you know, there's no icing, but at the same time, you know, one turnover and you're done. And that's essentially what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm normally a fan of the aggressive pull. I, like I, I think typically that's something that I'm on board for, but you're right with the power play. Cause what steel score do it was at sixteen thirty, So it was yeah. three and a half minutes left. I probably would have given the power play a little bit more time to try to get something before going, before going to the six on, before going to the six on, uh, to the six on four. Um, just with the nature of a, the stars are a really good penalty killing team and B um, you add in the fact as well. Igor Shosturkin is one of the best puck handling goalies in the NHL. Sure. That's 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 another thing too about this. Where if you you give the stars icing the puck, I mean, if anyone wants to go look something up on YouTube, go look up Igor Shosturkin's puck handling. He's one of the better passers in the NHL right now. With all those factors in mind, I would have kept him in the net longer. Um, I don't mind coaches being aggressive, so it's fine. But I do agree with you on I would have preferred if i was looking at this from a rangers perspective of give the power play a little bit more time to try to get something going before allowing it allowing basically the stars to take free shots at an empty net yeah i especially I did especially, like... especially 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 because when you're shorthanded there's no icing so you can just take as many looks right. as you want so yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely and I, I did like on the and i wanted to ask you about this um i thought on the marchment goal when he poked at Shosturkin and it went between his pads, I thought they said no goal and I was expecting to be whistle blown. But when they said goaltender interference, I said, wow, I'm going to have to see that one again. And I did like how Marchman immediately went over to Jake Ottinger for explanation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like I, mean, I, I mean, basically Marchman has been so stake pitted on challenges yeah. so far this year that it's, uh, uh, I, I maybe maybe going to Ottinger for for <laughs> consolence is, is maybe consulting some hockey karma. I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. so. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it was interesting the challenge on Saturday night, and you have highlighted the loss of Kelly Forbes as far as the goaltending video or the video coach um, of the Stars, and there was some controversy Saturday night with the Stars challenging um, an Avalanche goal for goaltender interference and then having to kill a power play, which they did, but it just seemed to kill, you know, or partly responsible for killing the momentum of that game. They didn't play bad, you know, in the second half, but I thought this was a really good challenge. Yeah, no, it was, I think that was fine. Yeah, it was, uh, um, and as far as ha it's also one of those where for, if you're Marchment, it's one of those where it's like, Hey, you've, uh, things are turning your way a bit too. Like I, I keep going further back to there's some things that you don't need an overly large explainer on. There's just a simple thing of sometimes a guy just needs a win on something. And it was good to see Marshman get a win on something like this. <laughs> no, absolutely. You know, absolutely. And it goes back to Duchesne. I mean, just the, the way that him and Sagan are clicking and laughing together and, 
um, just the relationship that they have, and he's making Marchman a better player. I mean, it just truly is amazing. And I feel like I continue to repeat myself when I keep bringing up Matt Duchesne, but every single game, Sean, I just see things that I'm like, wow, what a signing. I mean, it just yeah. continues to get me excited. Yeah. And we, uh, we actually got the, so Matt, that's actually a pretty good point right now. We did, we got two homework assignments from our last episode. I think I mean, yes. one of them, one was the, um, um, the, uh, is the, the tri Texas, uh, that's written on Duchesne's stick. So I got the backstory on that. Um, okay. and it is the, uh, it's, it's the title of a song by Larry Fleet, and he heard it shortly after signing with Dallas in the summer, and so he really liked the lyrics. That's why he wrote. That's it's, it's a song. It's a song dedication. It's a it's a Larry nice. Fleet song. Try Texas. That is the, uh, the the Matt Duchesne one. And then the other one, the other piece of homework, so I don't forget it. People were asking us about the Stars' thirtieth anniversary season. Yes. Right? So yes. I. Um, I reached out to Brad Alberts, Stars President, with this very question. And I got, I will, I'm going to read this, the text word for word response I got on this. So it was, uh, and this, he sent that he texted this to me on Sunday before, obviously, Madonna, before the Madonna announcement for the statue said, uh, honestly, and this is word for word here, honestly, we felt that we were all kind of anniversaried out, especially with the Jersey retirements, Hall of Fame inductions. And as you've said before, we made a really big deal out of the 25-year one. Plus, we have something else we can kind of celebrate as well coming out soon. So to give every so we did our homework. There's no the stars basically did not do a 30th anniversary ceremony because they felt they had the the statue was a big thing to celebrate. They had this and that, and between Hitch going to the Hall of Fame and that, um, they felt that uh while nostalgia is great, sometimes you don't need to make it a part of every single day and every single thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was kind of like the earth move because within a 24 hour basic span, you had Jerry Jones saying that Jimmy Johnson would be inducted into the Cowboys ring of honor, followed by a Mike Madonna statue. I'm like, this is amazing. These things have been years in the making. And then all of a sudden they just drop. So it was uh, wait, did, pretty cool. Did, did, wait, they actually announced that now. Finally, I thought that had been said like a couple of years back, like the, sorry, the ring of honor thing. This is me. This is me. Oh, clearly yeah, missing yeah. Cowboys. So they finally yeah. announced that. <laughs> yeah. December, December 30th against the lions. Okay. Um, uh, Jimmy Johnson will be on hand and the whole Fox crew will as well. And they will induct Jimmy Johnson and he will get finally his spot in the uh, Cowboys ring of honor give people an idea of how my brain works when you talk to ring of honor i'm like things are dropping i'm like is gavin talking about sergey breeland going into the devil's ring of honor i got that email <laughs> press release today so craig 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 hates me but i'm trying to get luds in the hockey uh in the uh stars hall yeah. which i think will happen eventually mm -hmm. um yeah but uh another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app find a location near you at bank of talk to us what would you like the power to do 
Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. So, William Nylander was a rock star for the Maple mm-hmm. Leafs at the Global Series in Sweden, which brings up the question, Sean, with so many fins, Heiskanen, Hints, et cetera, et cetera, um, will we see the stars going global and playing in Finland, possibly? So the stars make a logical sense to play in Finland. The the team has had more players uh, on their roster than any other have had had more finished players on their roster than any other NHL team. And yeah, add in the fact that Yuri that Yuri Letnin is the um, GM of for for Team Finland and everything like that. And um, it's uh, it would make logical sense. Here's the there are two big obstacles getting in the way of the stars going to Finland and neither of them are bad. It's just a reality of it. The first one is um, the international game that is first on the stars docket is not, is not Helsinki or Tampere as it would be in where the games would be in Finland right now, the stars big interest. And when they're talking to the NHL about international games is Mexico city. The stars want to play in Mexico City. Them and the Coyotes um, are kind of um, them and the Coyotes are in Vegas too. A lot of the American Southwest teams are kind of all in this jockeying to kind of in this national jockeying right now to be the team whenever the NHL does go to Mexico City to be kind of one of the standard bearers for that. It's kind of like mm. we know that the Coyotes are one of them. It's 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 one of those where it's probably if it's if it's one game we know for sure the Coyotes are we know the Coyotes are going for sure they have a the Hispanic ownership group um, and 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 are they they will definitely be in whatever games Mexico City it's probably the Stars but if there's only one game you could also see Vegas making a push for it um, Vegas was the uh, fun fact when Vegas and Florida played in the Stanley Cup final this past spring. It was the first time in NHL history both teams had full-time Spanish broadcasts. Both Vegas and Florida, have, and so Vegas has has done that. Interesting. Um, the Stars have had Spanish broadcasts here and there, but don't have a full-time Spanish broadcast. Uh, so the Stars on the international docket want to go to Mexico City. Um, it's funny, uh, Austin Matthews brought up how he would love to go to uh, Mexico City, obviously, as someone who has that family heritage there, too. Yep. Um, but I don't think Toronto is going on that trip as of right now. Um, so that that's one reason. The other thing about those international games, and this is the, the thing that we're seeing, and I was actually, because I know um, those international games make really mess with your travel schedule. Because you go, so for example, Detroit, Minnesota, Ottawa, and Toronto, they all went over to Sweden this year. And they go and they play two games in the span of eight days. And now they come back and Detroit, for example, is playing, um, I believe it's eight games in the span of 14 days now coming back. And it's one of those where Detroit lost both those games. And if you struggle... A trip like that across the Atlantic mid-season, it can tank your season. It, it, it really can. And so there's teams that are contender. It's hard for the NHL sometimes to get teams that are contenders, like the Stars are, to be interested in going in on those games. And so 
Mexico City wouldn't be like that, right? Mexico City, you wouldn't be crossing the Atlantic. Mexico City would be just yeah, a couple hour flight wouldn't be a big deal. Going to Sweden, going to Finland would be a challenge for the schedule and it would be tough. And I don't know if the stars are on board for that right now. Um, yeah. Plus Al Montoya being a part of the stars organization. Oh yeah. That, that's another big pit. Another big thing for the stars trying to, trying to kind of grow and, 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 and get into play, play in Mexico. Um, I would, I think the stars would be, I think there would be a space for the stars to go play in Finland I think there would be more interest from the stars and Jim Neal and Tom Gillardi if they were to able to do what uh, what the Predators and um, Sharks did at the start of last season, where the Shed Predators and Sharks started the NHL season over there. They played in uh, they played in Germany, and so I think the Stars would have more of an appetite for that type of game, not a mid-season one where it requires you to go mid-season but one where you could be like okay we finish up we do we we go have a preseason game over one preseason game in finland against a european team start the season with a back-to-back um maybe against a team like the panthers or something like that another team with a strong like alexander barkov finnish captain things like that um and and have it at the start of the season so there's not a elongated break mid-season that you have to both build for and recover from. Um, it's just the reality of it. Um, so Good intel, that, that, though. Yeah, that's that's kind of thing. I, I, would, I think it would be great to see the Stars play in Finland. And I do think in Miro Heshkinen's career, I think they will. I, I do think they will at some point. I think it's just not in the next cycle or the following cycle of global series games for the stars to go to Finland. Um, I, I imagine the fact I imagine we're talking seven, eight years from now. Um, you could see the stars going to Finland in a way where the same way that Nashville went and went to Germany, but also played a game in Switzerland because Nashville really wanted to go to Switzerland for Roman Yossi. It was really, it was really a Roman Yossi thing. How do we, this guy's given so much to our franchise. He's the lifeblood of our franchise. How do we give back to him and go to Switzerland? And I think that you could see something along those lines with Miro Heishkin in seven or eight years with the stars um, of wanting to go play over there. So. Great. Great. Uh, so I had a, another random question yeah. that I wanted to ask Brad Alberts because I want to see that North Stars sweater on the ice. <laughs> okay. And we got to get Brad Alberts on the program because, I mean, kudos to him. The Madonna, that uh, statue that he's behind. And then you look at the NHL All-Star game. Uh, sorry, the NHL draft, which came here. The stadium series, uh, the Winter Classic that came here. Brad Alberts has been tremendous for this organization. Mm -hmm. um, but... My question is, is obviously the stars have the license for the North stars. What's wrong with letting Minnesota wear it? The, with the North, the North stars logo or the North stars. Colors? Yeah. I mean, either, either, either Dallas wears it or basically we have a logo that's in flux. And I, if it's going to offend Minnesota so much, I mean, I don't know why, why not let them wear it for a game because you're going to get all the retail sales from it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the stars do own the logo, right? Um, it's why you'll see 
I believe there's North Stars merch sometimes in the, sure the hangar, right? I think there is. Yeah. Um, well, this goes back. <laughs> I laugh and, and I, you hear that chuckle here. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for this one. It's the same reason I, I've brought this up to Stars Management before. This franchise, 99, was not its first trip to the Stanley Cup final. The North Stars went to the Stanley Cup final in 91 and 1981. Mike Madano led this franchise to a Stanley Cup final in 1991. And we talk all about history, and we talked earlier about statues of this oral history of being able someone to point and say like, hey, why is that jersey up there? You know what's not in the rafters? The conference championship banner from 1991. And as long as, and as the fact that the, and I don't even need all of the North Stars achievements in a banner and the rafters. I'm not asking for that, but I, I still think there could be a simple, there could be one banner with the North Stars logo in the rafters that's got 19, 1991, 1981 um, Stanley Cup finalists, or that would have been the, the Campbell, it was the Campbell Bowl, right? Campbell Bowl champion, or whatever they were at the time. Um, like, I think as long as the team isn't willing to do something like that, I don't see why they would ever do anything with the actual jersey. Um, and it's also, and I actually get not letting the wild wear it. I actually get that. I don't mind the wild using the colors. I'm fine with the wild using the colors, but the yeah. wild are not the North Stars. I don't want right. the wild using the logo. I'm actually fine with them using the colors. I don't care. Just a, just like any team can change its colors at any point. I mean, at one point, um, and I put this actually, this is a chapter in my first book. Um, there was a spot where the stars almost went red, white, and blue. They were, uh, they, they almost changed their colors to red, white, and blue at the, at the suggestion of, uh, of, of razor. Actually, it was razor's idea that the team should go red, white, and blue. And, uh, luckily, uh, there was some uh, pushback on that. Um, so, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, uh, yeah. I, well, I, you know, on that point, Sean, I'll also bring up something else, you know, mentioning a banner not up there. Number 22, Dino Cicerelli. He's in the hockey hall of fame, 1200 points. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I mean, you know, and I understand, I, listen, I know they want to move on and everything like that, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm counting one, two, Let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years with the North Stars. For Dino? For Dino. Yeah. I mean, he's got the, like, if you look at, where is it? Uh, 19 seasons overall in the NHL. Yeah, but like his, and that's, that's the thing where if you were to ask someone on the street, stars-wise, like, um, so, uh, Tyler Sagan right now is fifth in um, this season. He's he passed Sagan passed Neil Broughton for fifth to be fifth all time in goals yeah. scored in franchise history. Right. Um, number f- and everyone would be able to. I think everyone would be able to name number one and number two. It's Madonna mm-hmm. and Jamie Ben. Yep. Cicerelli's number four all time yeah. in franchise history. Um, Brian Bellows is, is number three too. And he's a terrific player and he wore number, uh, but yeah, it's 
Cicerelli's an interesting character too, just from the spot where he was there. He also had he's hockey hall of famer. Um, but he kind of missed the, and he, he was a, he, he kind of missed the, a bit of the golden age on, on yeah. quote unquote golden age on everything. So, yeah. um, it's kind of lost it, to history. It, yeah, kind of lost history a little bit just by the nature of the timing of his career. Yeah. And, and, and to bring it back, Sean, the reason I bring up the sweater conversation is I'm just jealous when I see Nordiques out in the ice or the uh, Hartford Whalers worn by the Carolina Hurricanes. Okay. And I, have we had real quick because you're in, I, yeah, because because you're in Boston, real quick. We have yes. had this conversation. I think we've had this conversation, but I need to bring this up. Yes. I am okay with the, uh, I am okay with the uh, of the great whale being worn I, by Carolina. I, I'm okay with it being used. That's fine. It's it's whatever. Even though at, at times it's st- it still feels like a slap in the face to it can feel like a slap in the face to uh, to certain players. Yep. Um, but but and this is one of those things where I don't most I most people don't agree with Jack Edwards on many things. And I don't agree with Jack Edwards on many things. And that's okay. But however, when the whalers, when the North, when the, when the whalers moved to Carolina, they unretired Hartford numbers. So you cannot go out. um, And who is it? I want to make sure I got the right name for. Um, So number 19 was retired by, uh, the Whalers retired number 19 for John McKenzie. Um, and when they moved from Hartford to Carolina, they unretired the numbers. You can't wear the Hartford numbers, the Hartford jersey, and wear number 19. You have to, like, and so it was a couple years back, Dougie Hamilton wore number 19 in the Hartford Whalers number. That's not right to me. It's just, right. it would just be like, it would be like the Stars, honestly, it would be like the, the stars wearing a North Stars jersey and trying to have someone wear 19 for which obviously is clearly retired for Bill Masterton. So yeah. I am I don't mind when teams go back to their history. Obviously, um the Colorado situation is a little bit different because there is no team in Quebec anymore, or there's no team in Quebec City anymore. There's no in, in Carolina, there's no team in Hartford anywhere. So so I think the fact that there is a team where the stars used to be in Minnesota is, is, is the big, is the big loophole there. I mean, the other thing, and we're jumping all over the place, Gavin, it's crazy right now, but the other, the other thing about Quebec city, the other thing about Quebec city, and I had not expected this until I was, uh, I was reading something this morning about it. Um, ironically enough, you bring this up right now, the Quebec government is, uh, getting a lot of pushback within the province because the Kings are being paid are going to be paid, uh, the Kings are going to pay are going to play two preseason games as the home team in Quebec City next year, oh. and they're being paid seven million dollars by the, uh, the the province of Quebec is paying the Kings seven million dollars to play two home games, preseason oh. games there not home not regular season preseason games oh. in Quebec City next year, and so I did not have uh, the Kings uh, be in the middle of quebec political issues on my bingo board this morning but now i do (laughs) (laughs) well you'll be also happy to know that two nine and 19 rick lee wearing number two Mm. gordy howe the great gordy howe number nine and john mckenzie as you mentioned 19 carolina currently is not using those numbers 
Well, there's so, they've no one in, on they have no one on the team using them right now, but they're not retired. Yeah. So right, exactly, exactly. Because yeah, yeah. I I'm with you, and I asked Craig about yeah. it, and he agrees as well. So I yeah. I yeah I I'm I. I mean, those are you. You go to NHL.com and they're selling Quebec Nordiques merchandise. They're selling Hartford Whalers. They're selling Minnesota North Stars. Like this gear is out there and it's selling pretty well. People love retro gear. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of. It's uh, Thanksgiving Eve, so I kind of kind of Thanksgiving Eve. I just wanted to kind of end with your thoughts on a little sweater talk, my man. Yeah. Well, if they if, if they're not allowed to do it anymore because the NHL got really dumb with the specialty Jersey thing and all of that fallout. But if you ever really wanted to rub it in the nose of the wild and ever and wild fans, you wear the North stars Jersey for warmups, like yeah. <laughs> in a game against Minnesota. Like if you right. ever wanted to really rub it in that, that's the, that's the way you would do it. So, right. Absolutely. Um, all right. So I also wanted to say that, you know, a lot of you will be searching for black Friday deals on Friday and you'll be going to amazon.com. Well, I was shopping on Amazon.com and I came across a book that gets five stars. It's called We Win Here, The Definitive Essays and Need About, did I read that right? The Definitive Essays You Need to Know About the Texas Stars. Apologies, yes. Sean. So um, it's a terrific book and I was looking, it's only $14 on Kindle and under $20 for a paperback version. So very, very reasonable. And you can support Sean and hear some uh, terrific Texas stars stories. And the forward is written by, um, as he builds his legacy as a Texas stars legend, Curtis McKenzie. I appreciate you, Gavin, always pitching that for me. And it's, uh, this is, uh, it's been, it's been that book. It's been kind of, since it's been out, it's been really fun to kind of see the reaction to it, to have uh, people read it. Um, so thank you again to anyone who's read it. Thank you to anyone who's listened to this podcast. It's it being like uh, around Thanksgiving. It's a thankful time. So I'm just everyone who's read and supported and, and subscribes and all that stuff. So thank you to everyone. And yeah. It's a good time to say that stuff. No, and th thank you, Spitz and Suds listeners. So we started these things. Two things we've started. We started doing more post games, and we also started doing Spitz and Suds one-timers where we'll have guests. And you guys have responded. Um, we're having a great month as far as downloads, and we truly appreciate all of your support. Love talking hockey with the masses. I love putting out a tweet, and you guys respond. And you ask questions. You ask great questions, intelligent questions. And even if we disagree, you know, it's okay to ask these questions. And Sean and I are always open. And, you know, we talked last week about someone that was too shy to ask hockey questions but really wanted to get into the game. Well, this is the place to be because we'll try to teach you the game as best as we can. So this is an all-inclusive um, situation. And speaking of inclusive, I did want to point out, um, we did an interview uh, last week regarding the United by Hockey Mobile Museum that will be, it's in Farmer's Branch today as we tape this. So tomorrow, prior to the Stars game, if you're going to the Stars game on the American Airlines Center Plaza from 5 to 9 p.m., you will see the NHL's mobile museum, and it's united by hockey. And it talks about inclusion, and it highlights players like Jason Robertson with his Philippine background. It uh, highlights the First Nations of Canada and the players that have uh, come from those Indigenous backgrounds. It highlights Black players. 
and it's a really, really special museum. I happened to take a, a mobile tour and I loved it. And it has a virtual reality section where you're actually going to be on the ice. It's completely free. So we talk about Sean mentioned earlier, what's great about a statue is kids get to go up and, you know, ask questions. This is a perfect opportunity to bring your kids and learn about the great game and some of the great stories, um, not just about men's hockey, but about female hockey, uh, about sled hockey, and just these players and what they've had to overcome. So I would encourage you guys to go support this mobile trailer that'll be out there tomorrow. Like I said, completely free, and it's all about the great game. Sean, have a great Thanksgiving, sir, and I can't wait to hear if your wife's sick of you because there are no <laughs> NHL games tonight. I'm sure we'll, uh, <laughs> she'll, I'll, I'll find, I'll find, I'll, I'll have the game on. I'm sure when I, when I'm flipping through a couple games tomorrow night and everything like that, yes. it's, we'll be good. So <laughs> yes, no, no, no AHL, no juniors, no yes, East yeah, AHL yeah. for you, sir. Yes. Just family time yeah. tonight. Take the yeah. night off. You deserve it. Yeah. So that's yeah. going to do it for another episode of spits and suds. Remember you can find Sean Shapiro EP ringside at his shop shot, shot subscriber, uh, sub stack page at D magazine. He's a beast. And thank you one and all for listening to spits and suds. Have a great day, everyone.